Everyone has a story, but not everyone is a storyteller. Welcome, you're listening to Otherwise, Wisdom from the Other, a variety podcast dedicated to empowering diverse communities living in Treaty 6 territory by sharing stories of their lived experiences. Otherwise is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Hello, my name is Megan, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing narratives of people of color within gendered social movements, such as Me Too, and being in states of vulnerability. All right, let's see if this will work. You can turn it. Awesome. Um, Hi, uh, my name is Mayhem. Uh, I'm a student at the U of A. I'm in the education-like degree. I'm going to be an elementary education teacher. Um, And projects I've worked on, I guess I was just part of, um, what was the the Black Hearts Matter uh, stuff that just happened. I volunteered a bunch for that. So I got to see a lot of really cool dope black people all over Treaty 6 territory and in Edmonton specifically, which is um, Miskwachis, I believe, Miskwachiwan. I, I don't know how to say it completely, but I've heard it a couple times in classes. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about all this stuff today. Cool. My name is Fab. Um, I DJ once in a while. I have a collective called I'll Call You Tomorrow. Spend most of my time just uh, in a lot of, lot of chilling. Um, yeah, like I, I think I consider myself sort of like a mover. Like I try to have, and not just be focused on one thing. Like I like to, you know, uh, get my hands in in different things that like uh, interest me. So that's what I do with most of my time. So you guys have probably heard about the Me Too movement and the Mute R Kelly movement. There's also the Times Up movement. I want to know where you guys feel like you fit within these movements if you do fit within them or you don't fit within them um so you can pick a particular one so it could be me too it could be mute r kelly um do you think these are movements you can relate to um do you feel like these are movements that are just like a hit or miss they're just gonna come and go what are your your general general feelings about so keeping up with the the Me Too movement, Time's Up, and and Mute R. Kelly and everything has been kind of it's been really painful as a woman to see other women go through these things and have and be forced to to kind of bring them to the table. And I think the Brett Kavanaugh case is kind of the most prominent example I can think of that, where this woman had to relay her entire assault uh, in front of court, in front of just so many people and I cannot imagine the amount of like emotional labor that went into that moment beforehand uh, to even convince herself to do that Um, because it like the act itself is so jarring and so traumatizing that like reliving it even in a private setting for with a counselor is 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 very intense Um, so and and also from the the R. Kelly thing um watching the document or docu-series sorry because i looked it up and it wasn't a documentary it was like a six-part docu-series and i was like oh this is very exciting and then i watched the first episode and i started crying like within like the first few minutes and you like you watch and you're like oh this is like somebody putting this together but also it's like wow these are these women's stories and and nobody chose to believe them this entire time that's why this is like allowed to continue since 1991 was the first time he picked up a i think a 14 year old girl from the mall as a 24 year old man and that baffled my mind watching that the other week um so if you haven't seen it please watch it i know everybody's telling you to watch it but like honest to god watch it it's it the emotional response you get to that is the emotional response you should have to move movements like me too and time's up and 
and everything else that is calling out predators and and people who have been taking advantage of people who don't have a voice for too long who are now finding their voice and I, I think that's so powerful and so important um to never feel like you're you're suffering through things alone even if you don't want to come forward with your story knowing there are people out there that are are fighting for for justice is is also very important um so staying educated on it and making sure you know the facts going forward is very important but being able to respect people respect people's um experiences is also also so important so it becomes a conversation of like well if she can't relay these facts what really happened and i'm like wow okay you're you're really willing to have this conversation all right um i'm gonna leave <laughs> that's just it's so jarring to me that people are willing to and then they're like well like fake assault right like allegations have ruined lives and i'm like yeah but those are like two to like 0.2%. It's like, it's a small number. It's not even a two digit number. It might be a decimal. I need to do a little bit more research on that. But it's a very small number. And it's shocking. People are, are willing to let the other 90 plus percent get away. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start from that whole thing. But the R. Kelly thing, I'm not, I've never watched the R. Kelly docs. But I mean, with, with my whole feelings towards that and whatever else is like going on i think it's um it has something to say with like these um because i feel like how things have been going on for so long in, in a certain way and then now it's like things are being like exposed you know like kind of you know whether it's the r kelly thing or um you know this this whole mr me too thing and um i think it's it's uh I like that, you know, the people are coming forth with the, these kinds of things because obviously they've been happening for so long. So that's like I, that's like a thing that I like about it. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I don't condone any of that stuff. So that's crazy that, like she said, like uh, how long this has been going on. But I think the conversation also should be about, um, you know, like, sort of like these um people who've been hiding you know these actions that continue to to do these kind of things so i mean it's as far as like dragging r kelly out in front of everybody yeah that that's cool but i feel like we should you know do that with everybody else as well so you know i think it's cool people should definitely come out nowadays you know people are having to have a voice and they're not scared anymore to speak out against these um you know these people so uh, you know and if you haven't done anything wrong me too and time's up shouldn't scare you you know like that's that's what the takeaway is is if you like don't don't be scared by a movement that calls out predators unless you're a predator yeah and 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 exactly and then there's those conversations like i said i think it's a bigger conversation that you know communities and people have to have so i think it's like a it's bigger than like r kelly you know 100 percent. why do we allow this to like happen the people around these girls and like the managers and the tour guy or tour managers and all these people for so long they knew these girls were underage they were going to malls it was it was wild and i feel like the focus for so long has been on um well why do these girls let it continue to like where are they coming from I'm like they're following their dreams i think this is part of the deal they think this is part of the gig <laughs> yes yeah exactly and and but also it's like if you uh you know if it, if there's nobody to kind of look out for you and like put a stop to this you, you don't really know yeah exactly and and like i said people i think have been um kind of just been ill for a long time you know like 
going through so much, you know, like hurt and so it's like I said, I think it's a it's a bigger R. Kelly question because, you know, he I feel like he's also suffering some from some some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they talk about how he was abused by a family member. Um and so was his little brother, but then when his brother comes to him, this is in the first episode, you guys don't even worry, it's not even like spoilers. Um, when his brother comes to him, uh, his little brother, and is like, this happened to me, R. Kelly denies it completely. And it's so shocking that he's willing to become the predator later on in life. And it's not weird, mind you, there was a psychologist on this that like talks about like how being a victim makes you never wanna be the victim again, and you put yourself in that power position, but obviously that doesn't justify what he's done. This episode of Otherwise is brought to you in part by the Edmonton Community Foundation, which acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. The Edmonton Community Foundation also produces the Well Endowed podcast, which shares all kinds of stories about Edmonton and the people striving to make it better. You can find it at thewellendowedpodcast.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Unheard Youth podcast, which you'll hear about more later in the show. Um, so I'm wondering if this is bigger than R. Kelly, what is this really about and how can we reconcile, um, like call out culture? So when we're calling out people in our lives that we feel are being abusive or, um, we feel like are hurting people that are vulnerable, how do we hold them accountable? Oh my God. Yeah. hundred percent. You have to start from home. You have to start from friends. You have to start from the people that you see every day. It has to be a community effort. It has to be a community change. And if it's not a community changing, it's going to do nothing for us. Um, because the people that allow this to continue are like everyday people. They're not anybody special. Um, and being able to to have the the confidence and the know-how to be like, hey, this is wrong. I should I should do something. And having people back you up is also something that empowers more people to speak up. Because I feel like when you're alone and speaking up, you don't do anything. And I've seen that all happen a lot. Yeah. And also it's like, um, I want people to, people also have to know one thing. It's like watching the doc, the R. Kelly thing and all these, you know, being wrapped up in all this crazy stuff. It's like, y'all gotta just chill out. You know, I feel like it's, it's, it's good to like watch something and like sort of take it in. But I, you know, for me, what I see you know, a lot of times, it's more of like people, talking crazy going crazy you know what i mean uh, a lot of opinions are said and all that but you know does that really actually heal anything does that really you know what i mean so i feel like people have to you know just like i said chill out like you know have these conversations in your home you know because like i don't think that we can move on as a, as people or as a society because you know, it's always like just news coming at you like, oh, yeah, R. Kelly. And then the next next month, there's like a new documentary about a, a new person. But it's like, are we what are we taking from this? And like, what are we learning? And what are we what are the actions and steps we're taking? Exactly. Yeah. What are we changing? I mean, it's not just like one soul thing, like one event. There are multiple producers and multiple writers out there that do take advantage. There is this whole like industry that is kind of built on on older men preying on young girls for talent like elvis was one of them he did it very quietly he married like a i think a 16 year old girl from germany and brought her over um i can't remember priscilla i think her name was um there was another rock star yeah everybody's been doing it for a very long time and everybody's flaunted it in front of their um 
in front of their like fans and it's because the these are the people who have young fans these are the people who can take advantage of young people and it's so frightening that they're willing to stand in front of our face and dangle like his marriage license to Aaliyah in front of our face and be like you none of you can do anything and it was wild that we let that happen and let it continue and we're like mm, that was weird and then we moved on and listened to I believe can I believe I can fly and remix to ignition and and <laughs> I don't know. I th- I don't think I was born yet. Um, that's what I'm gonna blame. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's it becomes like a community conversation. And what are we allowing to happen? And oh, and like like Fab said, talking about it. And that's where that has to start. You have to make it awkward to get it somewhere. Where do you guys think we should draw the line in terms of separating the artist from the art? Um, so when does support for one's community or one's cultural community, family, tradition um, turn into the enabling of violence and perpetuation of violence? There's a few parts to this one. Okay, well, I'll start at the art and artist part, um, if that's cool. Um, and I feel like we should we should still be allowed to, do, to enjoy the music. And I saw this, I think... Um, Jamila Jamal, I think her like last name is. Um, she put put this up. She's like, we should just have all the stuff up from abusers, like movies and and songs and and all this other stuff. Um, but none of the money should go to them. None of the royalties should go to them. They should all either go to like women's shelters or like better organizations or donations. You shouldn't get any of that money after you've been Kelly maybe not like r kelly level it should be like the line but like because obviously that's been going on for too long but i feel like when you when there's information coming forward about you being this this person and it's a repeating pattern they look into you and you have a you know like actual investigation done and there's credible sources and then people can draw a line and be like cool this stuff isn't yours anymore um all of the funds are, are going somewhere else somewhere better because you're going to jail that's what that discussion should be, I think, with their art and artist stuff is you don't have a right to your art anymore. You can make more, but you don't get any more. You can't benefit from it. Oh, man, for sure. R. Kelly songs played at all the weddings. But um, I don't know. I still just feel like, you know, like how can you, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing because musicians already have money, you know. They already, they already have money so but i think as as a people as a community there's gotta there's gotta be some sort of like process or procedures to deal with these kinds of things so you know in, in like an r kelly situation or whoever it's like i just think people get wrapped up in it so much that there there is no solution and the solution ultimately becomes like we gotta like just kill this person or like you know and I don't really think that that that, that solves anything or makes yeah. us feel any better, you know. So yeah, like this whole thing of like crucifying the artist or wh- whatever. Like I just don't think that it it it, it works because you know it's t- it, yeah it's twenty nineteen it's twenty nineteen. R Kelly R Kelly's still chilling. If we're going to ban, if we're going to do that, like I said, we got a lot of catalogs we're going to pull out. I know, I know. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to have those. But I don't know if everybody is. I don't know if the whole community is. And, you know, like that community word is so vague. Um, who are we talking about? Are we talking about like the hip hop community? Are we talking about like the R&B community? Are we talking about the black community? Are we, are we talking about people who are just listening to R. Kelly? Um, so it's it's a very tricky conversation 
to make that decision. But I think as, as any listener of R. Kelly in the past should know his, his actions and should be aware of it. Um, and I think when you are aware of something and when you are consciously doing something and enabling this person in the mindset that you already know better, um, then you get to reap what you sow and you get to kind of make that decision on your own because there aren't any consequences that are implement, sorry, implemented yet. I think he just got arrested. Um, so we're going to see him in court and see if he ends up anywhere, if he has too much power and money again to get out again. Because uh, he did that, like, in, I think, the early 2000s, early somewhere in there. Yeah. So it's it's very scary having people... Because you know these things are happening behind the scenes, with not just with, like, black men, but with really, really powerful white men. Um, like Harvey Weinstein, like Brett Kavanaugh, like all of Donald Trump. Like, well, Aziz Ansari was so... Aziz Ansari came out with an apology a year later, so... Yeah, I wasn't even... Like, that wasn't even something that I, I kept up with because I'm not, like, a big fan of Aziz. Um, and it, and that's not, like, an insult to, like, anything that he's done. It's just, his comedy's not my type. It's very loud. It's very Kevin Hart. Um, and when I heard that, I was kind of just like, well, I just hope he reaps what he sows and, and, you know, suffers the consequences of your actions. Because when you make, when you have people in your life who are telling you you did something wrong, and your first reaction is to deny it, that becomes kind of like a, a, a point of concern for the public. Because if they're willing to bring that forward as a, as a, as a celebrity, then what does that make you look like? Um, but like, it was a reoccurring thing for R. Kelly. So you have like substantiated evidence. There was a tape that came out. There's, you know, there's like cohesive things that he did marrying Aaliyah. Like, you know, like there's like factual things that we can point to, but it becomes so scary when, it's something that is like the Aziz and Sorry scenario where you're going one person's word against the other and and nobody wants to like long-term hurt anybody who hasn't done anything wrong. But if he has been that person, then why isn't he suffering just like the others? Then that girl is like self, like left alone. You know, the world sided with the abuser. And, and what does that mean for her? And what does that mean for other other like victims? Um, who are not just victims. I hope everybody knows that. Um, so it's very scary kind of having those conversations and I hate that it becomes this like guessing game at one point for a lot of cases because it shouldn't be. As 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 a as a man or a dude or whatever like women are definitely like ladies y'all you guys should definitely check guys cuz I feel like it's a, it's an important thing like um yeah like I feel like if if a woman's going to swear and, and like be uh vulgar th- that's that, that that's the time to do it you know what i mean <laughs> i just want to say though um i find that women are more vulnerable so we're not always able to check other men like other men can check him you know what i mean um I also wanted to say, Megan just saw me like lean for the mic, so she moved. It was so cute. Um, I want to say that like the physical intimidation thing is huge. I know you don't. Um, no, 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 no. But even finding confidence um, against somebody who has that kind of power imbalance towards you is very scary. Um, and I, I like thank the stars every day that I have that. Um, and I don't give a like 
f word who is in front of me um and it becomes like so so daunting for a lot of women to kind of stand up for themselves and say no it's easier for them to be like oh no i have a boyfriend um they'll deflect rather than deny and so men think that's a that's a chance rather than if you checked them they'd be like oh that was why'd he say that and and they'll think about it because they respect you more than they respect us and they always will. Men who are willing to treat women like that won't listen to the women that they're treating like that. The message doesn't come across, unfortunately. I can say it all I want, but the, the, they're, not, they're not clicking. They're not putting two and two together, which becomes very frustrating for the next woman who experiences that and calls them out because they're not going to get it that time. They're going to get it when their male friend calls them out and checks them and is like, hey, man, like, why, do you, why, do you think that's, why do you think girls want to be treated that way? Like, that's, that's not cool. Why, why do you act like that? Like asking them questions on their behavior, I think is the best way to do it. Um, and I've also told a lot of my male comedian friends who shout out the Edmonton comedy scene. Um, I love it. If you guys ever want to go to shows, let me know. Um, and I've told them, you guys have to acknowledge the, the rape culture. You have to acknowledge the rape jokes. You have to put them on, on blast and you have to call these men out in front of the stage and say, it's not cool. Because when women comedians do it, we're just preachy. We're just in your face. We're feminists. We're angry. We're we're da 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 da. You know, like all these really negative stereotypes of of women calling out men. So when men call each other out, it's kind of like, oh well, why is he calling? Like, what is what is the logic behind this this reason? It, that's not the thought process that comes when women call them out. They're like that bitch, and then they move on. You know, and it becomes a toxic cycle that continues until. Someone of equal or more power than them checks them because then they're scared into it. And that's what we want. We want we want predators to be scared. We want people people like that to be scared. I think that that would be a world I would love to live in. (laughs) As mentioned earlier, this episode of Otherwise is brought to you in part by the Unheard Youth Podcast, a new podcast featuring the voices of newcomer youth in Canada. Take a listen to the trailer and visit unheardyouth.ca to listen to the series and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Unheard Youth Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Eva Forks Jenkins. We are a podcast featuring what newcomer youth have to say about identity, migration, and belonging. Here's a compilation featuring some of the many voices that you're going to hear on the next 13 episodes of the podcast. If everyone's ready, we'll start then. I don't know if you had anything else to say. I have things to say. Can you tell me uh, when you came to Canada, how old you are, like, you know, your introduction to the, to the whole world who is listening right now? I'm from Eritrea, East African country. I have been here <laughs> almost three months. Uh, moi, c'est Florence. J'ai 17 ans. Je suis au jeune Sikh. Ma mère haïtienne, mon père est irlandais. Mais j'ai plus vécu avec ma mère. Fait que je me considère vraiment beaucoup plus haïtienne. Hello, my name is Shalom Justin. I'm an international student from Nigeria. Um, currently living in Fort St. John, my final year, grade 12. Hello, Namaste, my name is Kafu I'm Nepal, I was born in South Korea from a fully South Korean family. However, I can't really identify myself as Korean because my family and I immigrated to Australia four years ago. 
We immigrated back to Canada eight years ago, and this is where we live now. I immigrated to Canada after the war that's happened in Syria. Like, I was so comfortable in my country, and I wasn't thinking that I'll leave my country in one day. But after the danger is getting more and more, so our, our family decide to move to Canada. And after I get here, I had like better opportunity to study and to work and to have a good friends. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our interview about immigration and identity. I could live in outer space. It's just all these other people make me feel out of place. À chaque fois qu'une personne caucasienne m'approche et surtout quand il apprend que je suis haïtienne, ils vont commencer à me parler de griot. <laughs> I can go on and on about why I love Toronto and it really has to, a lot to do with that diversity. What I like to say is that this city is this beautifully imperfect mosaic of, of stories and histories and experiences. I think that's the point where we're at in Canadian history now, where we see and acknowledge and respect the benefits that immigration brings to us today. A lot of people, a lot of females, everybody in this world right now need to have role models that are like not apologetic of where they come from and they're not embarrassed of their stories. You just heard a sample of some of the amazing voices featured on the Unheard Youth Podcast. Our mission is to feature newcomer youth voices from all over Canada. I traveled to Fort St. John, British Columbia, Edmonton, Alberta, Toronto, Ontario, and Montreal, Quebec, to hear about the challenges, successes, and everyday life experiences of immigrant and refugee youth. So make sure to check out our website, unheardyouth.ca. You can find English and French transcriptions and translations of all 13 of our episodes, as well as our beautiful listening kit. Our listening kit includes pictures, a timeline, and discussion questions. Once again, the website is unheardyouth, all one word, dot ca. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts with the username Unheard Youth Podcast. This project has been made possible in part by the Government of Canada. Ce projet a été rendu possible en partie grâce au gouvernement du Canada. We are the Unheard Youth Voices, so you have to listen. We'll just wrap it up with one more question. Um, do you guys find women have a certain responsibility within the movements that we've been talking about? Why or why not? I think women should be able to choose whatever roles and responsibilities they want in these movements. And if you if you don't want to actively be a part of it, um, then staying educated is the least you can do. Um and I think that should be the bare minimum for everybody, not just women. Um, everybody should should stay well read and and yeah, go read, go read a lot because um, reading is great for you. Um, but but not just like books, but like I think being able to to keep up with the times and making sure that you're you're understanding the conversation that you're having and you're not creating it into this this very like n this very specific narrative of why you don't subscribe to it you're understanding that it's a very nuanced topic with 
with a lot of ends and a lot of kind of conclusions for a lot of different people. Um, I don't think there's one end goal. Um, I think all these movements should are all have the same end goal. It's just to make people who are willing to take people, uh, willing to take advantage of people, um, afraid. I think that's the the number one goal is to make sure that this never happens again. Um, and get get the bag, but maybe not like through the the system. This the system's not that great. It's like I. It's good for what we got right now. Yeah, there's some flaws, some faults. You know, we'll t- we'll tweak it. Um, and I think coming together as a as just like a global community and staying, you know, staying informed on on all these topics is very important because it, then it creates dialogue and then it creates change. So maybe I don't know what that change looks like yet, but I think I think we'll definitely get there within time. I think change. If I can just add this, I think change has to come within first. You know what I mean. So, yeah, like with all these things that we've talked about, I still feel strongly about that we got to do, you know, the work inside first because it's not going to, you know, change anything. You know what I mean? Change anything on the outside. hundred percent. Thank you guys so much for joining me today with this conversation. Um, last but not least, where can people find you on the Internet? Or on the socials, wherever you have some of your. <laughs> Where do you have your work? Um, I just use Instagram a lot, um, and my Instagram is Lil Jin, which is L I L D J I N N. Um, you could just you could just follow the I'll call you tomorrow page. You know, got some stuff coming soon. <laughs> That's where you find me at. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for also having me. Thank you for listening. The theme music for Otherwise was made by Kaz Mega. Special thank you to our guests, Mayhem and Fabrice, for being a part of this episode, and Lisa and Andrew from the Edmonton Community Foundation for helping to put parts of the episode together. Thank you to our partners, Ribbon Rouge Foundation, Confident Camel, Breath and Poetry, and Generation Shift. Our show is generously supported by the Edmonton Heritage Council. Otherwise is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. To learn more about our show, please visit otherwiseshow.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at otherwise underscore show to stay in touch. If you like our show, please share a review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rating is a surefire way to get us heard. Keep in mind, how we share stories is as important as who shares them.